Hello, everybody. This is Gerald Salenti, and it's December 20th, 2023, five days before Christmas. And we have with us the man uh, that there's nobody else like him in, in the United States when it comes to the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, our life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, what it means, and how we've lost it. Judge Andrew Napolitano, and it's great to be with you in just a couple of days before Christmas. Uh, pleasure's mine, Gerald. No matter what we talk about or how dark the days are, it's, uh, it's a joy to exchange ideas with you and, and all the wonderful people that I know are watching us now. And, and there's something about the season, whether you're Christian or not, that sort of makes you happy this time of year. Yeah, you know, uh, you have this article coming out. And again, this isn't about religion. It's about Christmas. And it, you know, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, which the Prince of Peace. But as our cover of the Trends Journal magazine shows, Prince of Peace, no peace on earth. You know, let's not even talk about it. You know, so but hey, hey, Judge, how do you think Christmas sales are going? You know, that's right. not all they care about. Right, right, right. That you is. You have an article coming coming out tomorrow about you know the meaning of Christmas and the meaning of Christ, and and you say really here when you, when you break it down to say, what if many folks today have rejected the true God for government as God? What if the government as God has set itself up? as providing for all secular needs in return for subservience. What if this seductive offer has been accepted by millions of Americans today? And it's right there. What if the acceptance of the government as God has ruined individual initiative, destroyed personal work ethic, fostered cancerous laziness and enhanced deep poverty and most of all you have here and impelled thoughtlessness obedience to the government in those who have accepted it so i mean the government is like uh, is like the devil popping out from behind a tree hey give me your freedom and i'll keep you safe now, of course, of course, we we all know that that is a bargain that never never works out. You give up your freedom, and you also give up your safety. But the government, of course, goes even farther. You know, um, uh, Murray Rothbard used to have a great one liner. You're sitting at home one night, uh, relaxing, and there's a knock on the door. You open the door, and there's a guy with a gun. And you go, "I'm going to call the police." And the guy goes, "No, don't don't bother. We are the police." <laughs> We're here to take your money so that we can give it away in your name. So that's what the government does. It takes from the haves and gives to the have-nots. And then the have-nots are so devoted to the government, it's as if the government is their God because they rely on the government for their subsistence every month. And the politicians, of course, want to increase the size of the have-nots so as to increase their voting base so as to assure that the politicians will stay in office. So in this column entitled, What If Christmas is Real? Um, I ask a lot of what if, what if, what if that are, are very Catholic in nature, but I also ask a lot of what ifs about how dangerous it is 
for people to substitute the real God with the government as God. And I'm, I'm grateful for those portions of it that you just uh, that you just read. This is not a new argument, and it's a sad argument to make at Christmas time, but it's one that people need uh, to think about because it gets worse every year. Every day. <clears throat> you know, and, and what you said about, you know, giving it to the have-nots, I, I, yes, but they also give to the haves. And yes, of the, course they do. Of course they, they give, do. They give the haves, the biggest of the haves, the most. Correct. The government bribes the states with cash, the rich with bailouts, the middle class with tax cuts, and the poor with wealth transfers. The government exists on bribery. And the bigger you are, billionaire, state of New York, state of California, the bigger your bribe is. That's right. I mean, look at this crap. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build, I'm gonna build a building. Hey, I'm gonna create jobs. I want a tax cut. I'm gonna build this. I want a tax cut. I want, I want you to give me money to do this. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, and by the way, here's a payback. Morons and imbeciles call it campaign contributions. Adults call it bribes and payoffs. Not far from where you are now, uh, the government is, well, west of you, Buffalo, the government is breaking ground uh, on a billion-dollar stadium, billion with a B. Yep. So that a football team can play there eight Sundays a year. The government will pay for this thing so that some billionaire football team owner can make a fortune eight Sundays a year. The other eight Sundays, they play uh, away games. So this thing is basically going to sit there empty. Well, maybe they'll have a couple of concerts there. But but that is the government putting its thumb on the scale. It is bribing this billionaire, or I don't even know who he is or she is, owner of the Buffalo Bills to stay there because the governor is from uh, Buffalo don't don't leave. We'll build you a brand new uh, stadium. Don't go to New York. Don't go to Dallas. Don't go uh, anywhere else. We'll we'll make sure that you stay here. You'll get richer, and we'll collect uh, more taxes on on every ticket. And don't worry about the fact that it's going to be empty all the time. So this is an example of uh, of the of the government creating a subservient relationship with the super rich as well as with the very poor. Yeah, again, you know, and they do that all over. I mean, you name yes. it. Yeah. Yes. A, people call it a government. It's become a crime syndicate in front of everybody's eyes. Yes. They're well, like, like the Murray Rothbard uh, example. Give me your money. I want to give it away in your name. We are the police. It's a crime. It's a crime uh, syndicate. Yeah. And the higher up in government you go, the more cr crimes are committed. Look at the war crimes being committed in Gaza now, not a single one of which could be have been committed without American weapons and American ammunition. Joe Biden, in my view, is as liable for war crimes in Gaza as is uh, Bibi Netanyahu, as are these soldiers who shoot their own hostages who are bare-chested and waving an American flag and begging for mercy in Hebrew, and they were blown away. One of them, they actually chased them and blew them away. These people are monsters, and the American government is facilitating this. The American government could stop this with a phone call, with a phone call. Uh, instead, we get these pious statements from Secretary Austin, 
we support Israel no matter what. Ah, but lay off on the bombs. You know, maybe drop two or three bombs today instead of fifteen or twenty. <laughs> it's just, it's just reprehensible, Gerald. It I know. breaks your heart. It breaks yeah. your heart. Yep. Here, this is you mentioned Lloyd Austin on Monday. He met with uh, Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, and he said, "The U.S. commitment to Israel is unshakable. America's commitment to Israel is unwavering." You ready? And no individual, group, or state should test our resolve. So you have no right. You have no right to test his resolve. This murderous little boy with a bad attitude. This is a guy that killed people in Iraq. And right. was a general in Afghanistan, slaughtered him there too. Oh, oh. A guy that what's his what was his last job? Sitting on the board of directors of Raytheon, the second yep. largest defense contractor in the United States. And he'll he'll be back there once Biden's out of office. Yeah. And this is the America, the America that brings in a former general, a former guy that sat on the board of directors of Raytheon as our secretary of defense. What defense? This is offensive. Correct. Here. Every gun that is made, every warship launched, every rocket fired signifies in the final sense a theft from those who hunger and are not fed, those who are cold and not clothed. The world in arms is not spending money alone. It's spending the sweat of its labors, the genius of the scientists, the hopes of its children. This is not a way of life at all in any true sense. Under the clouds of war, it is humanity hanging on a cross of iron, so Dwight D. Eisenhower, five-star general, supreme commander of the Allied forces, and two-term president. And this little low-life, arrogant, arrogant, arrogant Lloyd Austin has the nerve, the gall, to say no individual, group, or state should test our resolve to keep sending, stealing our money to send more weapons of death to slaughter innocent Palestinians in overt genocide for all to see. Right now, he's uh, planning to start a war uh, in the Red Sea on the theory that we have to keep the uh, uh, commercial lanes of uh, traffic open and only the United States Navy attacking, attacking militias on the land, not on the sea, on the land, can keep these lanes of commercial traffic open. It's the beginning of World War III because as you have said better, more articulately, and before anybody else, when all else fails, they take you to war. And this is the Joe Biden uh, thesis as to how he's going to get reelected. The guy is so bad off mentally and physically, he couldn't pass a driver's ed course. <laughs> anyway, sorry. And he wants to start World War III because he wants to run for reelection uh, as a wartime president, the Democrats must have taken some polls telling them that if Joe is um, the nominee and we are in World War Three or something big like it, the public will rally around him. It's, it's insane. And it happens over and over and over again. That warning that you just read uh, from Eisenhower, uh, that's 1961. That's two generations ago. And not only have we not learned from it, We've done the opposite of it. We've done exactly what he warned against, and it gets worse and worse and worse. No matter who the president is, 
<coughs> pardon me, and no matter which political party uh, controls the government. You go on here, you say, what if freedom is our birthright given to us by a true God, not by the government as God? Well, the government acts as if freedom were a water faucet and it can turn it on when it wants and turn it off when it wants. Even though everybody in the government has taken an oath to the Constitution, and even though the Ninth Amendment uh, to the Constitution specifically provides for rights coming from our humanity too numerous to list in the document. Every president believes that he can curtail rights by some sort of executive order. None of them take seriously uh, the Constitution. You know, th this is something, by the way, it's all over the world. You got these little clowns that become president, prime ministers, chancellors, and this is what I've decided. And this is what I'm going to do. And you do what I tell you to do. And again, it keeps going down. Look at the COVID war. Lock down your business. Stand six feet apart. Put on a mask. Do this, do that, do this, do that, do that, do this, do this. And yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Again, you have over here. <laughs> what if we can never pursue happiness fully or know God completely without personal freedom? We can't. We can never be happy. This is another thing that you've been out front on. Happiness is now a bad word in the government's uh, uh, articulation of it, even though the purpose of the Declaration of Independence is to secure Jefferson now the right to pursue happiness. But we can't pursue happiness without freedom. If the, the day the government tells you how to be happy is the day we're slaves. You know, you just said what you just said. You can't pursue happiness without freedom. Correct. That, and the day the government tells you how to pursue happiness is the day we are slaves. And that's what we're slaves. Yes. We've become, this is, you know, my, one of my lines is that all the, we the people are, are plantation workers of Slavelandia. Yes. And that's what it's become. I mean, you know, going back to this, this arrogant, arrogant, arrogant Austin, Lloyd Austin. He goes, he vowed the United States would continue to provide Israel, you ready? With, this is a quote, the equipment that you need to defend your country. Wait a minute. You're bombing the hell out of Gaza. Hey, how many hospitals did you kill, you bomb today? How many schools did you wipe out? How many churches, mosques, and homes did you destroy? What You're the hell are you talking about that these this is going to be <laughs> to defend your country? So it's up to 20,000 people killed. 19, I'm rounding out. 19,700 civilians, 300 Hamas fighters. And the New York Times reports that the Israelis have been targeting. You're ready for this? You tell me that there's a military justification for this. Palestinian cemeteries. Yep. So as that. to cause heartache and heartbreak in the minds and, and hearts of the elderly whose loved ones are uh, buried there. 
I mean, this is really, really about as low as you can get. The uh, deputy mayor of Jerusalem said that Palestinians are subhuman and we should bury them alive. Yep. And nobody in the Israeli government challenged that. And and you get an arrogant clown like Lloyd Austin defending them and saying that no individual group or state should test our resolve so they could keep this murder going on. He goes on to say regarding the timeline, you ready? This is Israel's operation. And I'm not here to dictate timelines or terms. Our support to Israel's right to defend itself is ironclad. As you've heard me say a number of times, and that's not going to change. Who the hell are you to say this, that this is not going to change? What are you, a dictator? Who are you to say this is not going to change? It's uh, it's a terrible state of affairs, and now we have the you know the sort of uh, good cop bad cop. So he's the he's the bad cop. We're wedded at the hip with Israel, and uh, Blinken is the good cop, saying you know we gave you ten thousand bombs, but but only used seven thousand of them. I mean, yeah. none of this none of this makes sense. It's all part of the criminal war crimes gang. They are all just as culpable. And Gerald, here's the sad part. They all know there'll be no consequence to what they're doing. When they're out of office, they'll go back to their uh, comfortable lives and, and jobs at Raytheon, or I, I don't remember where Blinken was, some sort of a hedge fund, um, because they know they're not going to be uh, prosecuted. I mean, Dick Cheney and George W. Bush are still defendants in a war crime prosecution in Europe. Now, the prosecution hasn't started yet because they're in the United States. They can't go to Europe. They'd be arrested. But my point is, when Americans commit war crimes, they do not get prosecuted for them. They go on and live their lives, no matter how many innocents they have slaughtered or what standards of decency, morality, and international law they have violated. You know, Judge, as, as you were mentioning that um, we called World War III when, it be when the Ukraine war began. And one of our top trends for 2024 is going to be World War III. It's going to become yes. official. There's either going to be a major false flag event or with, with Ukraine going down, they're not coming back. It's only going to get worse. And they're going to do a baby bomber, a, a, Russian nuclear plant, you know, something that's going to get them back to get support, a major false flag event. And Israel is going to ramp up this war and they're going to bring Iran into it. Yes. And when that happens, it's going to be the official World War Three. It's like, okay, all right, boys and girls, World War One began when they assassinated the Archduke Ferdinand in Sarajevo. You know. No, 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 no. Didn't begin then. It began before that. Oh no, World War II began when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. The now, surprise, the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. Yeah. That they knew uh, about. So that's our greatest concern. And now it goes back to what you wrote in your article that's coming out tomorrow. What if Christmas is real? And that people better wake up to this. And again, the cover of our magazine 
uh, this week, the Trends Journal. It's the the same thing. Gerald, you and I were, you know, I wrote my column while you and your colleagues were crafting that uh, front cover with no communication between us, other than the fact that we often think alike. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and it's, it, this is so serious. And, and we, so we're doing what we can to bring peace on earth. And if the people don't unite, then we're lost. And Correct. everybody, please, you know, donate to Occupy Peace if you wish, uh, it's because we're doing everything we can. And also go to um, the judge's channel because the people that he has on, Phil Giraldi, uh, Douglas McGregor, Scott Ritter, you go to Judging Freedom, and uh, and he's really doing everything he can as a judge who really knows about freedom. Not, not only judging freedom, he's bringing people on to keep pushing for freedom. So in the spirit of the Prince of Peace, Merry Christmas to everybody and Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, Judge, for being on, and thank you for what you do. Merry Christmas to you, my dear friend.